Well, kia ora and welcome to the Hill Country Futures Partnership Program podcast series designed to equip New Zealand Hill Country farmers with decision-making tools and the best forage options for a whole farm system approach, which in turn future-proofs the profitability, sustainability and well-being of our pastoral farmers. I'm your host for this series, Seraperium Lamp, proud to support thriving hill country communities. And joining me on this episode is Professor Derek Moot, who leads the Dry Lands Pastures Research Program at Lincoln University's Department of Agricultural Science. Uh, Derek led and coordinated the Hill Country Futures team that delivered the resilient forages component of the program. Uh, Derek, we're going to talk today about how legumes can already help farmers tackle greenhouse gas emissions and, of course, their adaption to climate change. Uh, This is a huge topic to do in a a short little episode, but we'll do our utmost best to cover it off. The modelling legume yield project, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Well, let's do the legumes and how they've helped climate change to start with. Um, And that's got a long history of my work, I came back about 20 years ago having worked on climate change overseas and thought, how do we adapt New Zealand farm systems to climate change? Not how do we reduce our greenhouse gas emissions, but how do we actually adapt? And hence, we we looked at the legumes into the systems. But what's happened since then is we've realised that introducing those legumes is actually benefiting um, in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So the sheep and beef sector has reduced its emissions by 30% in total over 30 years but more importantly reduced its emissions per unit of meat by 30%. So that's a productivity gain. And most of that productivity gain has come about from better forages. So those better forages have meant we've got fewer ewes. Everyone knows the national flock has has decreased by about half, but they may not know we've only reduced um, the total meat production by about 5%. And that's because our ewes are in better condition and heavier. They're having um, about 20% increase in lambing and the lambs we're producing are heavier. So our productivity gains have been really high. Now that reduces greenhouse gas emissions in two ways. Um, If an animal is no longer on the farm, it's no longer producing methane. So growing an animal quickly through productivity gains is a pretty quick way of getting rid of uh, methane emissions. The other thing is by reducing the number of ewes, we've actually reduced the total that we're carrying through the winter. So again, that's how we've had a reduction in the greenhouse gas emissions in terms of numbers. But the factor that most people miss is that nitrogen is the most limiting nutrient in hill country Um, farms. And so getting nitrogen into the system is really important. If we put nitrogen on from nitrogen fertiliser, we immediately increase our greenhouse gas footprint because nitrous oxide gets released from putting nitrogen fertiliser on. But if we can do it through a legume that fixes it from the atmosphere, then we're reducing our greenhouse gas emissions in that way as well. So those those legume pastures and herb-based pastures actually increase forage intake and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So um, good from an environmental adaptation perspective, but also good from a greenhouse gas emissions perspective. Now, 20 years of Lucerne soil and water research you've been involved in. What is new under the Hill Country Futures Program? So we took that data and um, created a, a model. So we've created, there's a suite of models come out of Australia called the Agricultural Program Simulation Models. And they work on a daily time step. A lot of the people, a lot of the models people will be familiar with, um, Overseer and Farmax, they generally work on what we call steady state. So a monthly or an annual situation. 
but the Epsom model works on a daily basis. So it takes the daily input of the weather and the soil water conditions and it grows the plant. And so we've been able to take that data from our 20 years of lucerne research and create a model that works on a daily time step. That becomes important if you really want to know how much water's being used out of the um, system, how much nitrogen might be leaking out of the system, and what the productivity of your system might be. It was one of the challenges that was put to the overseer group is um, that, that it doesn't have that uh, daily time step, and so the APSA model does. What does it answer with regards to nutrient leaching and carbon sequestration then? Uh, well, the model itself will only provide, models only provide data that's put into them. They're only as good as the data that's put into them. So at the moment, um, they, would be, they would be able to challenge some of the assumptions that are in some of the other models about the amount of nitrate leaching underneath um, legume crops. So that's, that's what they'd be doing. Carbon sequestration is one that people need to get their head around. New Zealand's actually got very high soil carbon levels. Um, a lot of people think that adding more organic matter adds more soil carbon. It doesn't really. Soil carbon and soil organic matter are different things, and part of this program was writing and, and explaining that to people. So soil carbon is the mineral of carb or, or the particles of carbon stuck to the mineral particles of the soil. Our pastoral soils already have very high, if not saturated, levels of soil carbon. So sequestration of soil carbon is not going to happen in most of our pastoral land because it's already sequestered as much as it possibly can. So this modelling legume yield project is around how we're going to model out the yield of that lucerne based on more regular data inputs. So how have we been able to get more regular and uh, quality data in? That's a great question. So the, the APSA model at this stage has been used along with the virtual climate network from NIWA, which works on a five by five kilometre grid. So it's done, we've modelled the whole country and said what's the yield potential across the different landscapes of the country. So it's not a tool that an individual farmer is likely to use. It's a tool that will be used by researchers in that sort of context. And then looking at what the adaptation to climate change might be and what the environmental impacts of changes might be. So it's a, a high high level research tool. And so therefore the benefits coming out of this for Hill Country farmers listening if they can't access that themselves? Um, that we can we can inform policy, that we can challenge policy, that we can um, create information that will actually feed into the decision makers in Wellington. That sounds like a great thing. I'm sure many are listening would enjoy. And we have further episodes with Professor Derek Moot on how he's gone about collecting the data uh, and some great models around temperature growth as well as further detail on informing policy. So make sure you check them out on the Hill Countries Futures Partnership Programme podcast. This is part of a wider podcast series of Hill Country Futures Partnership Programme, which is a wrap of the $8.1 million research programme co-funded by Beef and Lamb New Zealand, Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment, PGG Rights and Seeds and Seed Force. New Zealand. For more information, visit hillcountryfutures.co.nz. And of course, the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Knowledge Hub is huge with heaps of resources online as well. Namahi nui.